Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 1997 film Volcano. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. getting hot in here it is genuinely beginning to get hot which means that volcano month maybe we created the heat in this country through starting volcano month we bring the heat if there's anything we're known for on this show we bring the heat (laughs) it's what we do it's what we do like the film heat which i've not seen it's a good movie genuinely a good a good little thrillery type movie but I always remember it from that scene in Peep Show where they go to see a play and they're like, this is boring. I've got heat on DVD at home. <laughs> Genuinely. Heat right now. Genuinely better to be watching heat than many plays. Especially on DVD. Especially on DVD. The highest form of quality. Um, there's a team called Heat, isn't there? A basketball team. Miami Heat. Miami yeah. Heat. I can't decide if that's a good or a bad name. Like when the name is a singular, not a not a plural. You know what I mean? I'm I'm always a bit dubious about that. How do you compare Miami Heat to the Denver Nuggets? I was just thinking that. Yeah, that is a very <laughs> silly name. It just makes you think of chicken nuggets, even though obviously they're referring to gold. But yeah, that is that is very silly. What other teams have you got? Chicago Bulls, New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets. But the Nets. Boring, isn't it? Who are the Nets? Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Oh, that's, that's a, just that's just very name. dull, isn't it? Yeah, like just that. It's like calling your football team the goals. <laughs> We're the Liverpool goals. <laughs> um, I don't know the Brooklyn Nets. Are they have they been around for a long time? I think they used to be the New Jersey Nets, and then they became the Brooklyn Nets. Right. Okay. I see. Because they always do that, don't they? I suppose they're the move around. they're the um, the the enemies of the New York Knicks. Yeah, mortal enemies. If they see each other in the street, if the vol- if magma was flowing out of a volcano in New York, <laughs> and it was a bunch of Knicks fans and a bunch of Nets fans, yeah, they'd like push each other into the magma. <laughs> exactly. Who who's your who's your basketball team? Do you have a basketball team? Um, I'm not. I don't really follow basketball. I guess I like the Toronto Raptors. If anyone else, because I follow the Toronto Blue Jays, they're my baseball team. So, yeah, it's cool that Toronto has a, a basketball team. So yeah, I'd go for them. They they won a couple of years ago. I think won the the big the big cup, the big trophy, the big ball, the big golden ball. <laughs> the, 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 you know the, the one. The the mega ball. The mega ball. That's it. Yeah. The thunder ball. See, I I don't have a a team. I do like the Philadelphia 76ers because you, you just want to call them the Philadelphia 69ers. Yeah, yeah. So that's always good. <laughs> um, I like the Irish stereotypes on the Boston Celtics logo. That's yeah. always been a favourite of mine. 
That's got um, a big goof factor, hasn't it? And although Miami Heat might not be a good name, there is something spectacular about the name Utah Jazz. Yes, I, I think I have to agree with that one. That's that's go- goofy enough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Although I suppose jazz, does jazz work on the same plural terms as sheep? The plural of jazz is jazz. Yeah. Or is the plural of jazz jizz, as in the Star Wars music? Jizz music. Yeah, George Lucas knew jizz what he was music. doing, right? He's the, the real grammar king. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. King of grammar. King of space grammar. Well done, George um, Lucas. So yeah, Utah Jazz, I think, is a great name. Um, I used to watch um, the hockey. Oh, yes. That's what I there used are to some silly sports. ones in there as well. Um, Colorado Magic Avalanche. <laughs> that's quite. That's kind of silly, isn't it? Makes sense. And it's a good logo that ties in. But yeah, that's a silly noun, isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. That's a very bad name. Sorry, I don't know what the where that comes from. But Well, Can- Canada's Parliament is in Ottawa, so it's to do with that, isn't it? That's really stupid. Yeah. Imagine imagine if it was the London MPs. <laughs> just like a, a picture of... The logo is just like a picture of Keir Starmer in profile. <laughs> that, that Edinburgh and... SN, uh, the, Ed, the Edinburgh MSPs. Yeah. And it's Alexander <laughs> Salmond. He hasn't been an MSP for like 10 years, has he? <laughs> He's been trying with his awful new party. Sorry, politics. Oh, no. Sorry for the Scottish politics talk. But let's talk about Scottish politics. No, let's not. Are there any volcanoes <laughs> let's, in Scotland? Let's not. Uh, let me search. There's mountains, aren't there? There's lots of mountains. I think we're quite lucky with volcanoes, aren't we? In, in general, yeah. My, my son keeps asking me if we can get one, or if we can go and see one. I'm like, <laughs> go down, go down little. They might be selling one in the middle aisle. That is the kind of random stuff they would have, isn't it? <laughs> it's a little pocket volcano. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know where he's got that from because he hasn't been taking part in Volcano Month. Don't worry, don't worry, listeners. I haven't been making my four-year-old watch Dante's Peak or Volcano. <laughs> but you um, should one hundred percent have been letting him watch Volcano. Yeah. He'd, he would actually have loved all the scenes where all the like magma is flowing down the street. So apparently they believe that Arthur's seat was once a volcano. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, I believe they're all extinct. I've now, been up there. But they, did, they do believe that Arthur's seat was once a volcano. In which case I'm going to say yes, there is a volcano in Scotland. <laughs> yeah. And there may well be more, because, you know, volcanoes used to be everywhere back in the day. Back in the days of the dinosaurs, there's all volcanoes. Back in my day, you couldn't move for volcanoes. <laughs> These days, you know, there aren't enough volcanoes on the beat, are there? But, like like London buses, volcanoes do come along two at once. Much like the movies, Dante's <laughs> Peak and Volcano. This is true. This is true. Much like movies, which, yeah, as we discussed last week, it happens all the time. Two of the same films always get made, don't they? Yes. Um, I was going to lead us into talking about Volcano now, but something else has just struck my mind that I want to talk about before I forget. Have you heard that they're making a Legend of Zelda movie? No. I mean, that's got to have been going round all the script people's desks for centuries, hasn't it? Yes, but it appears as though... Is it actually happening? It's actually happening. There's a deal being closed with Universal, potentially for the people who made the Mario movie to also make a Zelda movie. 
Oh, okay. So this would be an animated so illumination. Thing, yeah, so illumination would would make. Okay. It. Not a weird live action thing. <laughs> it would be <laughs> difficult to do, wouldn't it? Timothy Chalamet, is <laughs> Link, and Zelda. <laughs> hey, you can do it. Shakes being played by Margot Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson as Ganondorf. <laughs> It's an incredibly good fit. I've still not seen the Mario movie. Have you? No, I haven't seen it. It just looks fine. <laughs> very for someone who loves Mario, I have very little interest in watching the film. I'm sure I'll watch it at some point. It will come to some streaming service, and I'll look it up and go, "Oh yeah, that's all right. That's fine." But the problem is, right? You can kind of get away with voicing Mario. I probably wouldn't have <laughs> chosen Chris Pratt. <laughs> It's me, Mario. Because <laughs> that, <laughs> that just happened. That um, just happened. I wouldn't have chosen him to voice Mario, but you could get away with voicing Mario. But Link, I think, falls into a really different ballpark where I think it's really tricky to find a voice for Link. Yeah. Because he doesn't really talk much in the games, does he, if at all? No. And whereas the world of Mario is is basically silent entirely... Lots of other people do talk in The Legend of Zelda. It's yeah. just that Link doesn't speak to them. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a tricky one. He doesn't really talk to anyone because he's kind of a moody emo kid, isn't he? <laughs> just a little moody emo elf man. He doesn't want to talk. Listening listening to My Chemical Romance, singing yep. songs about Gorons. Is it Gorons? Is that what Gorons, yeah. The big stone guys. Yeah, the great the the, the stone fellas. I love them. They're the best thing in Zelda. Yeah, they they play the the funky drums. They roll around. They make they sing like yeah, love it. Love those guys. Who's who's your what's your favorite Zelda race of little? Stone I I quite guys. like the Zoras. Those guys are quite chill, aren't they? And there's a sort of there's a weird austerity about them. But when you get down to it, they're funky just like everyone else. Like in when they all play in a band in Majora's Mask, you're like, I did not know these guys had this hidden depth. They're the fish guys, right? Yeah. Who are the flying guys? Flying guys? Yeah, there's like bird men as well, isn't it? Oh, in um in the Wind Waker. Yeah. Um the Rito. Rito Village, is that where they are? I haven't played that one in so long. Ocarina of Time is the only one that's like firmly imprinted on my mind. Um I'm gonna call them Birdmen. Birdmen, yeah. That's how we call every every video game character, like Red Thirteen, <laughs> Dogman. <laughs> Dog, dog, man. Just dog, man. <laughs> Zelda, yeah, Rito, you're right. The yeah. Rito. But yeah, when are they making the big budget live action Final Fantasy VII movie? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's what we want. Instead of that's some we weird want. anime that's set ten years after it, or whatever, or whatever weird peripheral stuff they're throwing out there. Instead of they're doing, have you seen they're doing this new this like mobile game that encompasses the whole timeline of all the Fantasy Seven Final Fantasy Seven games, and it's like a a mobile game with loot boxes in it. Isn't that just the most vile <laughs> shit you've ever heard in your life? I'm genuinely surprised that it wasn't being made by Konami, that they hadn't somehow got the license from Square Enix, because that is the most Konami thing <laughs> I've ever heard of a non-Konami company doing. Followed up by a line of NFTs, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I want my Barrett NFT. Where's my Barrett NFT? With this big gun hand. Yeah. Who's your favourite character apart from Dogman? Apart apart the... from Dogman, um, I like Vincent. Obviously, he's the most Castlevania character of the lot, isn't he? <laughs> I was he's basically say. a Belmont. 
<laughs> Vincent Belmont. It even sounds right, doesn't it? Yeah. No, I, I love him. He's great. And he's, he turns into like weird creatures all the time as well. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So yeah, the important, the all important update. I'm almost at the end of disc two. I made some quite good progress. I'm, ah, I'm you're nearly fighting there. the ultimate weapon. You know, when you've got to f- follow that weapon around and fight it loads yes. of times. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, I'm doing you're that. Doing it. It's good fun. But Dogman is still I my like... favorite. <laughs> I like the cat man, the robot cat. He's my least favorite. He's your least favorite. He's really favorite, integral to the story, but I don't know. His round shape annoys me. <laughs> he's, it's a little cat fella on a big cat fella. Yeah. He's not even actually there. It's being controlled by one of the... Sorry, spoiler alert for Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> it's being controlled by one of the bad guys. He's like a double agent. He's a, he's, a, he's a cute little guy. Who cares if he's a double agent? Oh, he's too round. Um, and there's always a Sid. Yeah, yeah. The Sid in Final Fantasy VII is all right. He's got some nice goggles on his head. Angry swearing man. He swears a lot. Always uh, good. <laughs> what, like Barrett? Yeah. Also is an angry swearing man. That's true, actually, yeah. they got two of them. One uses guns, one uses spears. That's how you know. <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you know. Um, so yeah. But when you put it all, when you make it all sound like that, that sounds like assembling an ensemble cast movie, doesn't it? It does. It does. Much like volcano. <laughs> yeah, nothing at all like volcano, um, which is, is this week's <laughs> film. So yeah, so no, that's the all important Final Fantasy VII update out of the way. The film. I want the film to happen, and I'm going to make it happen. Big Boys Productions will get those rights from Square Enix. It will make it happen when their stupid mobile game crashes. Uh, then they'll they'll give us the rights and it will happen. But Volcano yes. this week it's it's Volcano Month. And we're into week two of Volcanoon. Volcoon? Volcanoon. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, Volcanoon. Volcanoon. I quite like that. Yeah. Volcanoon is, sounds sounds nice and fun. So yes, it's Volcano Week Two, and this week's movie is Volcano. Volcano. So last week we are we answered the question: Can Pierce Brosnan beat a volcano? answer is yes this week we asked the question can tommy lee jones beat a volcano yeah and the answer is yes and the answer is yes but, but can can he save all of los angeles from certain volcanic death is the bigger question yes and this is this is possibly the most tommy lee jones performance i think i've ever seen you know what i mean when i say that i do know what you mean when you say that yeah it's interesting, you know, at this point, you realise he's... You think it was 1997, he must have been quite young then. But he's still relatively old there, isn't he? Not yeah, to, be, to be ageist, yeah. but you're like, he's already in his 50s at that point, isn't he? Well, that's the thing, is that Tommy Lee Jones has been around for a really, really long time. Um, when you're looking at his career, it goes all the way back to 1970. Yeah, that's so amazing. He, he, he has been, like, a real hitter of movies literally i assume just turning up with Punch, the punches them like how Smashing. pierce Brosnan punched the volcano like yeah, that. exactly um for that long um and has been in all sorts over the years i mean the first thing that i think i remember seeing him in that i recognized him from was under siege under the, siege which, under the siege <laughs> which is the steven seagal movie um, where he's one of the characters in that, and he's like a sort of 
punk rock terrorist <laughs> i guess is this <laughs> kind good. of character vibe it's a really silly movie actually is quite bad because i don't think stevens has stevens ago ever made a good movie where he's been the lead actor i don't know because because he has under siege and under siege 2 and then the good movie that he's in i think is the one with harrison ford where they go on a plane Oh yeah, if it's on a plane, then it's probably good. Snakes on um, a plane, you know. What's makes it sense. called? I can't remember its name. Executive decision. I oh, executive decision. I feel. Like oh I've no, it's seen not Harrison that. Ford. It's Kurt Russell. Yes, that's um, right. Where they they try to terrorists take over a plane, and then it's always terrorists in Stephen Seagal movies. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and then, um, and then. Uh, he the the film built sorry for spoiler alerts for 1996's <laughs> executive decision everybody um but I, if i remember correctly they kind of set it up so that you think that steven seagal is going to be the hero and kurt russell's going to be a side character sort of techie turk person but then steven seagal's character gets yeeted out of the film really <laughs> as a sort of surprise thing and it and it instead relies on kurt russell to do all of the action which to be fair he's a far better action star than steven seagal ever was you can't argue with the strategic yeet can you <laughs> the george rr R. martin kind I of rem- move i remember reading about the strategic <laughs> yeet when we were studying creative writing paddy yep the yeet integral the cat. <laughs> that's the one <laughs> yeet the cat yeah. No, no, it's yeeting that ticking bomb under the table. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's if if a gun appears in Act One, it must be yeeted in someone's face by Act Three. <laughs> Chekhov's yeet. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, but apart from that, of course, um, apart from Under Siege, Tommy Lee Jones maybe most well known for a lot of people as his role in The Fugitive. Which have you seen The Fugitive? Yeah, yeah, great movie. That's really a, um it's a John Grisham adaptation, isn't it? I have no idea if it's a John Grisham. I think um, it is, but it's a Harrison Ford classic. I yeah. remember seeing that in my teens, and I hadn't seen loads of sort of thrillers, um, and thinking, "Oh wow, this is really like gripping and really super thrilling." You know, because mm. I, I know that it's based on a TV series, but I don't know yeah. if that TV. Oh series no, I'm wrong. Based on I'm thinking book. of, I'm thinking of something else with Harrison Ford in it that's very similar. He does lots of John Grisham movies. The Firm. Things. The Firm. Is that Harrison Ford? I mean, it's a John Grisham, so... Yeah. Does it matter? No. Um, <laughs> no. I, I, think, I think you're right. There has been a John Grisham, Harrison Ford movie. I think you're right. I don't Surely. know whether it was The Firm, but at some point it happened. Um, but Tommy Lee Jones is amazing in that. Almost steals the scene as this... this um, federal agent chasing after the fugitive in that um but then you know he's been in so many fantastic things you think about natural born killers as another example where he's Mm -hmm. the really horrible uh prison warden um two-face in batman forever yeah uh men in black of course and men in black 2 um he then becomes uh, he have you ever seen the 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 pseudo sequel to the fugitive no what's that so u.s marshals has the same character coming back for tommy lee jones but then it's basically the fugitive again but with wesley snipes in the harrison ford role oh okay oh robert downey jr i've never heard of this 
it's a it's a really fun movie it's nowhere near as good as the fugitive is but it is a film that exists and is worth watching um you've got small soldiers one of my favorite movies you've mentioned this before i don't think i've ever actually seen it it's like gremlins but for the late 90s bunch of bunch of toys have super robot chips in them and they start being dicks (laughs) basically and he plays one of the evil people um and then and then yeah i i think sort of he was a real integral part of a lot of 90s movies in particular and then went on to be in some other stuff in the 2000s no country for old men um Mm -hmm. for instance um but yeah i think in the 90s you had all of these really great tommy lee jones performances didn't you and actually, yeah. I think Volcano might be the most Tommy Lee Jones of the lot, where he's got the most Tommy Lee Jones energy. One that I um, always remember is The Coal Miner's Daughter. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's from, it's 1980. It's a biography of Loretta Lynn, you know, the country singer. But it's one of my granddad's favourite films that I used to watch with my granddad when I was quite young. And he plays her husband in that. And he was really, really good. So that was a young Tommy Lee Jones role. So I do have a, a picture of young Tommy Lee Jones in my head. But still, in your head, he's always sort of about 50 years old, isn't he? Because <laughs> that, of his been... iconic 90s performances. Yeah, that, that's, ju- that's just what he is. That's, he's, he is just... Looking at him in this movie, he still looks pretty old, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah he's a even dad. Though, even though it looks like this was, what, 1980? Um, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Um, but Tommy Lee Jones I, is someone who I like a lot, and... I really like him in Volcano, where he's basically walking around a city, bossing around people for two hours and bossing yeah. around lava. <laughs> basically yeah. him walking around going, where's this go? Move that there. Do that. <laughs> what do you think about the volcano? Is it going to happen? What's going to happen? You What's science happen? woman, tell where's me. My, where's my daughter? Oi, Volcano, stop it. Lava, piss off. Go that way. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do, Lava. We have to compare it to Dante's Peak, don't we? Which used children in peril quite well. This film, I don't know if it did that in the same it way, did. but at every every sort of fifteen <laughs> minutes, he'd su- he'd suddenly go, and also my daughter's over there in the lava, and also they've got my daughter in the hospital. Where's my daughter? And then eventually, five <laughs> minutes before the end, he saves her from a collapsing building. Yeah, this this movie does not use children in peril very well. Um, whereas in Dante's Peak, you kind of. Children in Peril the being the annual charity appeal on BBC, of course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Basically, the, what happens is, maybe the BBC would be more effective with children in need this way if um, it was, look, we've got a couple of kids, we're dangling them over the edge of a volcano, unless you give us two million. Tommy Lee will... Jones can swoop in and save them. <laughs> yeah, unless you donate two million, we're not letting Johnny uh, Johnny Lee Jones, Johnny Tommy, Lee Jones, <laughs> Johnny Lee Millers, uh, and and Tommy Lee Jones uh, get put into the splicing machine from the thing. Um, we're not letting Tommy Lee Jones out of his cage to come and save these kids, and they're just going to fall into the volcano unless you give us money. <laughs> Which one's Johnny Lee Miller? Um, Sounds like a country singer. He is the best, the best country singer of all time. No, um, you know him as um, Sick Boy in uh, Train Spotting. Oh yes, that's right, that guy. Yes, and he played um, what's his face Sherlock in the far less irritating Sherlock TV series. Um, the woman There's a less TV. irritating one. Yeah, there was an American one called Elementary. Where um, Watson was played by Lucy Liu and Johnny Lee Miller played Sherlock Holmes. Okay, 
I'm open to that. It was far better than the incredibly irritating BBC one. But also, the Holmes and Watson exists. It's a perfect hour and 40 (laughs) minutes of of Holmesian hijinks. You could not wish for more. Welcome to the Holmes and Watson cast, everybody. (laughs) You should all go and watch it. Genuinely, though, you should go go and watch it. It's very funny. Listen to our episode on it. If we were going to do what that podcast, the worst idea of all time does, that would be the film we just watch over and over, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That would be our pick. Um... (laughs) So Volcano, yeah, Volcano doesn't use children in peril well because you get really irritated by the kids constantly getting in peril. They will just not sit still. They keep going places that it's an obvious bad idea to go, particularly the little blonde kid um, who, by the end of the movie, you're just like, just leave him. Leave him to get volcanoed. He wandered off. Where are his parents? (laughs) Irresponsible. Leaving him in the middle of a volcano. Yeah, but like the kid himself is so irritating because he just kind of he, he does that the, the the scene that sticks in my head from this movie which is basically the there's only two things i could remember from this film going into it one was the dude from um fargo burning alive in lava <laughs> which instantly makes this film a 10 out of 10 yeah um, instant 10 out of 10 movie because of just because of that scene where he's like I'm gonna get this guy to safety and jumps into lava and slowly burns to death yeah. after throwing the guy across <laughs> amazing scene almost worth watching for that scene alone where he's um, like but, just been praying on the train as well in a way that should be moving but is actually hilarious because of the way really it's delivered funny. he's just there praying as he walks along carrying someone and then is just like oh that sure is a lot of lava <laughs> well yeah. better jump for it <laughs> Um, extremely great scene Um, the other thing that stays in my mind is when the kids are playing rock paper scissors and the little blonde idiot goes I'm not paper I'm lava what beats that and then Tommy Lee Jones's daughter says my dad (laughs) awful scene that's that's kind of sets the tone for the whole film doesn't it Tommy Lee Jones (laughs) dad Lava Dad. Lava Dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that um, sounds like a like a Rick and Morty spin-off. <laughs> absolutely. Or one of those um, irritating cartoons they have. There is a very funny, it's kind of tangential to Rick and Morty because the guy who made it made a really funny spoof of Rick and Morty for Adult Swim. Um, this Australian fella. He's made a show called Koala Man. Oh which yes, is on um, it's on Disney Plus, and it's very, very funny and stupid, and extremely Australian. So much so that I really appreciate it. Um, so I recommend if you want a stupid cartoon made for people from ages fifteen and up, I'd argue probably um, Koala Man is a very good one to watch. Oh, I've heard it of involves, it. Involves it involves evil versions of the Wiggles, for instance. It's extremely good. Um, ten out of ten silly silly tv show um but it is sort of tangential to to rick and morty not a spin-off but tangential to it um but lava man should be a rick and morty spin-off shouldn't it yeah definitely and it should be tommy lee jones doing his thing and it should be it should be tommy lee jones but yeah i hate the blonde kid in this movie and i wish he died yeah uh, that, that you knew he was going to be that's saved some, you you can quote 
me saying I wanted <laughs> that kid to die. Take that out of context. So l- last week, that. it was that the granny deserved to die. This week, it's that <laughs> yeah. the five-year-old kid deserved to die. What's it going to be next week? How are you going to up this game each week in Volcano Month? It depends what Jason Isaacs gets up to next week. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to watch the Chinese Volcano movie next? I thought that was what was happening next. Yeah. Excellent. We'll do, we'll do that. In which case, I'm sure there's something that will deserve to die in that film. A crate full of puppies or... Yeah, them them puppies deserve to die. (laughs) Yeah, puppies Um, and kittens. (laughs) But it says a lot about how Tommy Lee Jonesy this movie is that we've not talked about the fact that it has an amazing supporting cast. But the reason it doesn't need to do Kids in Peril well is because the character of Los Angeles is in peril throughout the entire film. Yeah, this is an extremely LA movie in the same way that movies about New York are often New York movies. Yeah. Um, This is all about LA spirit. And by that, I mean cops being racist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I learned something from this film, which is that LA has a subway system. Yes, that nobody uses. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if the LA Metro is... um, was kind of curtailed by because i know that la was one of those cities that was really heavily impacted by the the um car industry dominating during those times of city infrastructure being set up and i wonder if the la metro is one of those rail lines that was impacted by that yeah yeah absolutely that's my understanding of it i wouldn't say it's my something i know loads about but that's what you can assume right which is just a shame because somewhere like la is really cooling out for and a good public transport system. Looking here, it only gets a daily ridership of 174,000 people. Blimey. That's about the number of people who get on my train in the morning. <laughs> that, that, that's, your, that's your average number of people on a southern rail train going up to London. Yeah. That's horrendous. God, no wonder. No wonder people don't talk about it if that's all that it can carry per per day. Christ. It's got 105 stations, apparently. Yeah, but it's funny. It's quite integral to Volcano, because I'm sure that even in 1997, everyone's just driving around LA, right? But they made it a really big part of this film, didn't they? The guy saving people from the burning train and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It is a really big part of the film. Um, Any LA people who are listening, let us know what you think of your metro system. Yeah, give us your rating out of 10. What would you do if you were stuck on LA Metro when a volcano erupted? Let us know. You'd be in big trouble, is what you'd do. <laughs> well, yes, you do. But, but what would you do? Would you would you let the guy from Fargo... Um, I, that is mean to call him Guy from Fargo, because I genuinely love him. John Carroll Lynch is brilliant um, in everything. My favourite thing that he's been in recently was he was in a TV series called Channel Zero, which is a really great horror anthology show. Oh, I never um, saw that. It's oh, it's so good. I've got it on Blu-ray. That's how much I like it. I actually bought it. Um, and uh, he's he's in one of the. They only made four series of it, um, and he's in the second series of it, and is extremely good. Third series has Rutger Hauer. Oh, um, it's very good. Very cool. It's a great TV show. Highly recommend it. One of the best horror things that's come out in the last. I don't know if it was five years ago or longer than that now, but whenever it was made, it's genuinely brilliant um but oh, yeah you've cool. got you've got john carroll lynch 
Um, you've got Anne Hesh, you've got Don Cheadle, you've got Keith Don David. Don I'll never forgive Don Cheadle for Space Jam 2, but in this he is very good. <laughs> he's, he's great in this. He's got a real sass to him, which is nice. Yeah, the bits um, of dialogue between him and Tommy Lee Jones are some of the more engaging character bits of the film, aren't they? Yeah. Whereas I say it's a film that in comparison to Dante's Peak falls down in the character department. I think that was quite good and kept it afloat. Yeah, you wish that there was more of it where um and, and and often in disaster movies there is you've got your hero on the ground and then the person in the the watching everything room telling them where to go that's often a very very similar structure seen in a lot of disaster films and i think they underused it here i think this movie could have done with more john uh, more john cheadle more john c <laughs> i cannot no. pro- i cannot pronounce <laughs> words today more don cheadle yep dummy lee bones <laughs> Um, but yeah, it could have, it could have done with with more of him in 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 this film. I think. Yeah, absolutely. His character was very very good and understated as well. I thought it wasn't like some guy who was always shouting and running around yelling or yeah running all over the city going, "My daughter's over there." He was quite calm and collected. Yes, yeah, which which really made um, really made a difference. You know who else was in this movie? Who? Spinner Dunn from Death to Smoochie. Oh, Michael yeah. Michael Rispoli was in this film. <laughs> oh, every time I hear Pop Goes the Weasel, I just hear him seeing that. He's, <laughs> just when he's him about getting to get killed. killed. <laughs> Man, I love Death to Smoochie. It's one of your faves, I know. I, I, I think I it's very it. good, but I don't have the huge love for it that you have. Oh, I adore it. I need to rewatch it again. Maybe I'll rewatch it this weekend, actually. I'll find the episode um, that we did about it as so. well. Oh, yeah. Well, you know who else is in this film? Got very, very high billing that did not reflect the number of scenes he was in. It's John Corbett, our main Yes, he's he's in this movie, being a jerk. Yeah, he's got, like, one scene where you think it's going to be, like, a big character piece between him and his his surgeon wife. He's, like, the property developer who's putting up that building that gets knocked over. So then it is satisfying that the building has to come down. But you don't really see his reaction or anything. He's just kind of there. And you're like, well, yeah, come on, give me some more of that. He basically is there at the beginning saying, I love you, wife. And then when his wife is saving people's lives, he goes, wife, stop saving people's lives. What do you think you are? Some kind of doctor. And then he storms (laughs) off in a huff. And that's basically (laughs) his character. That was a very bad scene. (laughs) Bad vibes all around. Really bad vibes. Really like overly relaxed performances as well for what's meant to be this really dramatic scene and really intense scene and he's just kind of like well screw you love i'm off <laughs> just yeah. kind of saunters off really he it like like a chris pratt line didn't he <laughs> you're gonna keep saving people's lives well that just happened <laughs> Um, but I was excited because I really like him yeah, and I wanted yeah. this to be like oh, one of his really good early career performances that I hadn't seen because I think I've seen half of this on ITV2 once but I didn't really have much of a memory of it so I was like oh I was excited to see one of his performances and yeah it was, that was a disappointment have nowhere near as good as him playing the um, the idiot clarinet playing musician in um, Serendipity <laughs> what a have, iconic performance have we talked about my big fat Greek wedding on this podcast yeah we yet. did that like about 200 episodes ago <laughs> i was gonna say i don't remember it but that's probably why yeah um yeah what a film obviously great performance in that yeah yeah um 
but yeah, no, it's 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 weird, isn't it, that he's in this movie and he appears quite early on. Yeah, and he it's he's out there talking to people as if he's some kind of political candidate, and then yeah, it just he just kind of disappears, comes back yeah. for a couple of scenes to be a dick and add nothing to the no value, and then just disappear. Yeah, it's really it's really odd. It 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 does kind of remind me of Valentine's Day slash Mother's Day. Is it this is yeah. Volcano's Day? Volcano's Day. <laughs> Yeah, that would be the Gary Marshall film, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. There's a uh, Mig- My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 coming out this year, just as an Oh, aside. is there? Oh, amazing. Have I ever watched the second one? Have we done the second one on the podcast? I don't know if we've done the second one. I've I've seen it, but I don't know I don't if think, we've talked about yeah, it. Yeah, if we haven't talked about it, I haven't watched it. All, all movies now blend together. Um, We should also talk about the director, so Mick Jackson not short for michael jackson this was not michael jackson's movie this was mick jackson's movie this was not moonwalker the game (laughs) no but he did do a movie with a very talented musician he directed the bodyguard the kevin costner and whitney houston Ah. which we should talk we should talk about that because that is actually a very romantic film and I will always love you, Volcano. That's how it goes. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's a really weird... He's had a really weird career, did... Uh, oh, he, did direct, he produced Threads? Ah. Yeah. Interesting. So really weird sort of... All sorts of directions. Yeah, di- directed Threads... Then did L.A. Story. That's not a way you're describing Volcano. That's like an actual film. <laughs> it's an actual film. Oh, yeah, I see it. A Steve, Steve Martin movie. Um, then did The Bodyguard. Uh, then did uh, Volcano. So he's been all over the place with stuff. Oh, interesting. Um, does lots Has done lots of TV movies and things like that. Um. So yeah, really strange career that's been all over the place. The last thing I think he directed was a Rachel Vice um movie about David Ernit uh David Irving, the dickhead Holocaust. Oh, name, that's right, yeah. Um historian. And um, he's he's English. He was born th- in Essex. I did not yes, think yes, that someone who directed the most LA movie of all time would be born in Essex. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the power of LA. People can come from all over the world and become a citizen of LA. And get that LA spirit of cops being racist, but then at the end of the movie, no one's racist because we're all covered in ash and we've all got together with that LA. Spirit. We're all the same, you and me, us people from LA. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're all the same. We're all likely to be saved by Tommy. Lee we're all Jones. the same. Box ticked. Now just pan out to the active volcano. Job done. <laughs> Exactly. Um, but yeah, he's had a really interesting career as, as Mick Jackson. Um, I think, uh, yeah, interesting stuff over the years, really varied. Um, not always stuff that's been critically praised. Um, I don't think people like The Bodyguard, even though it became such a smash hit. Volcano also didn't go down too well with critics. Um, but LA Story did. And Threads obviously has been become a, a real cult favourite of horrible, horrible, horrible um post-apocalyptic trauma yep. um for people yeah so it's a it's a fun movie this it is 
it's quite it's quite breezy to watch. Yeah, it's it's not a difficult watch, is it? You don't really have to pay attention. And uh, as a comparison to Dante's Peak, because it's Dante's Peak is set in a fictional town in the mountains, so it's like he's going in as an outsider. So it's it's a very very different setup, isn't it? Whereas LA, it's like these are the streets you know. This could be happening to you, you know, and that's the whole vibe of it, isn't it? But at the same time, it's somehow less threatening than Dante's Peak because all of it is just guys walking into rooms and saying things for about half an hour before you see any magma at all. Yeah, and equally, the volcano here is not um, a particularly scary volcano. It's only a little one. This is not Vesuvius. This is this is Etna. It's just the slow magma, just the slow lava flows. Um, generally, the people that die in this movie shouldn't have even been there in the first place, let's be honest. Volcanoes are more scared of you <laughs> than you are of it. Yeah, usually if they hear you coming, they'll run away. <laughs> exactly. You just go get... If you go put, poke your nose in a volcano's business, that's when you're in trouble, which is what happens in this movie. Um, but but it's all very, it's very slow-moving... Um, uh, slow-moving lava, um, occasionally stuff like heated steam. Yeah, some guys get steamed alive, don't they, in a pit? Yeah, and and apart from that, the sort of key challenges are stuff like buildings falling down. So again, it's it's using LA as a city as the means to why it's dangerous. Yeah. Um. So it's it's not got that apocalyptic feel of um of Dante's Peak where when it erupts that is that feels like the end it's more of sort of like sorry for the play on words it's not deliberate it's more of a slow burn of a threat yeah and it yeah as you say because it's all to do with infrastructure it feels a bit more realistic but in a way that's actually less threatening somehow yeah and and equally it lacks the realism that Dante's Peak had of the pyroclastic flow and stuff so there's realism of the damage of infrastructure or, or supposed realism. I have no idea what a volcano would do to downtown LA. <laughs> because there isn't one there. There's not a volcano in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but Dante's Peak, you know, critics did have a look at the way that it erupted and say, actually, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. And and so the volcano felt a lot scarier in that movie the, than, than it The is. difficulty with this one is that in Dante's Peak, Pierce Brosnan is the volcano ma- puncher and he's also the science man, right? So in this one... Um, Tommy Lee Jones isn't the science man. He's this the like city emergency guy, like super hard man dad, <laughs> and he needs Anne Hetchay to come and be the science woman. And there's a whole thing when one scene where like her and her her friend are like, oh, he likes you, and then nothing comes of it. I wanted there to be a romance with them. Yeah, there was zero romance in this movie. It was quite disappointing, actually. The the only romance was between a volcano and Los Angeles. And it's like she was only there to tell him the science stuff so that he could heroically save his daughter. Yeah, she's there to say, you should listen to science, and here's some science tips. There's a cool bit where her and, and her then, colleague go in those like hazmat suits under the ground and see all the smoking magma and sulfur and stuff. That was quite that was a nice sciencey bit, but there wasn't much of the science stuff, was there? No, <laughs> no, there wasn't much of the science stuff, and then her friend gets um gets volcano. Yep, <laughs> R.I.P. Um, but yeah, it's it's, and I think maybe that's the problem here is that Tommy Lee Jones is he's he's the L.A. man. He's like, right, you got to get this sorted because I know L.A. and you got to build a trench here for the lava because it's L.A. and and I live and breathe L.A. because I'm L.A. man. Whereas actually, what worked quite well with Dante's peak was that he was an outsider coming into that situation 
Um, whereas here, there is no outsider character, I suppose. No, not really. It's not that kind of character piece, is it? It's it's literally just how is Tommy Lee Jones going to save his daughter from the burning building? Yes, yeah, and that's basically it. And and that only really happens right at the end. You know that it's coming at some point. Yeah. So when it comes, it is a it's vaguely satisfying because of the way they built up to it. But you're like, I just want to see some more magma destruction. Did you enjoy the 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 cops sacrificing themselves scene? Yeah. They're like, I'll never leave your man behind. They were kind of cry crying together, and yeah, that has a bit of. Bro- I'd say that's bromance, isn't it? If we're going to stretch There's it, some bromance in this. Movie. Yeah, those guys yeah. loved each other. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, you got you got a little bit of bromance here, but overall, it is a little bit lacking there. And it's an enjoyable. This this feels more like Dante's Peak is a disaster movie, but that feels like I said at the time, it almost has the structure of like a horror film, whereas this feels like a more traditional disaster film. I think. Yes, it does. Yeah, the the score, for example, was nowhere near as ominous as as in Dante's mm. Peak. It was a bit more thrillery. Yeah, and it's not long before really bad stuff happens in this film as well. Yeah, um, they don't really build up to it much. It's just like. Is the magma coming? It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Here it is. Ah. Oh, there's the magma. Oh, <laughs> now we've got to try and solve the puzzle of magma. <laughs> and that's basically it, is the rest of the movie is. Right, what do we do now? Okay, let's push it this way. Oh, wait, no, something else has happened, etc. Um, whereas you had that progression and that tension building in Dante's Peak. So although critics preferred this to Dante's Peak, I think Dante's Peak is the better movie. Out the I, I agree. Yeah, no disrespect to Volcano. It's fine. But yeah, it doesn't have the the depth, I think. Yeah, and doesn't have Pierce Brosnan, obviously, <laughs> which immediately is a is a problem. Um, but yeah, it's 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 fine. It's a fine little film. They do save the dog. They do save the dog, although it doesn't really need that much saving. It's just kind of there. Yeah, uh, if they just if they just. And there is a bit when someone quite obviously says, "This city will pay for its arrogance." And they talk about building a house on sand, like in the Bible. And you're like, yeah, I get it. You're saying that, like, (laughs) well, that's exactly it, isn't it? It's very on the nose. Yeah, yeah, extremely on the nose. Um, Yeah, why did we build this city in a place of earthquakes and stuff? It's like, well, you did. (laughs) I mean, there are lots of cities all around the world that are built on fault lines. Yes, it's just kind of a thing. Um, But yeah, there, there are the odd moment like that, like the rock paper scissors scene where it just feels incredibly cringeworthy doesn't it yeah and you're like it's trying to pretend that it has a message when it doesn't like a film like this doesn't need to have a message does it just have (laughs) the action it doesn't just have a dad jumping over a flaming truck you know just give us more of the bad cgi fireballs and the magma because it's fine it's a disaster movie it's an action movie it doesn't need to have that kind of depth although i suppose it's hypocritical of me then to say that dante's peak is better because it has that kind of depth but i guess it just handles it better like if Dante's if yeah. Dante's peak was fun and didn't have that depth, it would still be fine. It's a different kind of film, I guess. Yeah, it's a film that thinks it's a sexy coffee advert. <laughs> exactly. Dante's peak, I think, actually does get away with having that depth because it also puts the care into its structure and into its um, script with it. Yeah. Whereas here, all of those scenes see, sort of come out of nowhere and just feel incredibly cringeworthy. Yeah, this just feels like a thing happens and then a thing happens and then a thing happens, doesn't it? It doesn't really feel well well plotted. It just feels like no. the disaster's happening and then it's happening a bit more. 
<laughs> it's 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 like an ensemble romantic comedy. Yeah, things just happen. Don't you? It's Gary Marshall's and... volcano. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, have you got anything else you want to say about uh, about volcano? Um, just that I think the song on the credits was Randy Newman, wasn't it? And it like had, it ended in a really weird way, which is like it's kind of Tommy Lee Jones has saved the day, so obviously it's over right away. But it sort of panned out. And like stopped on the volcano and then had this thing being like name of volcano, blah, 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 status active, and then show this like volcano just like in the background in LA. And then you're just like, and, yeah, and then that suddenly the suddenly ran, this Randy Newman song kicks in. And it's like, it's like a sort of upbeat pop song. And then the credits start rolling. And you're like, what the hell ending was that? And again, it was as, as oh, if the volcano. A volcano. <laughs> we got a volcano. <laughs> I'm down here in downtown Los Angeles, and now I gotta watch for lava. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the folks might be a little bit hotter than I am. (laughs) Bigger. Oh no, watch out for the guy from Fargo, cause now he's been burned up by magma. If you go see Randy Newman, he did the medley of that with the theme from Marriage Story. <laughs> That'd be the greatest thing ever to see. <laughs> That'd be the greatest. Yeah. The greatest. Play Volcano! <laughs> Shouting that. Boo! To Marriage Story. <laughs> to Marriage Story. <laughs> so that's a callback to our episode of Marriage Story. If anyone hasn't heard that, I'll have to put that one in now. I think that one comes up quite a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> got so, so much self-referential stuff in this episode. But yeah, I thought it ended in a very weird way. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, it's a really weird ending. Um, I've got a little bit of trivia for you for the behind-the-scenes creation of this film. Is it the CGI so the fireballs ash... were bad? That's the, that's the trivia. <laughs> that's very true. Um, the ash was made of ground newspaper, and the lava was made of methyl cellulose, which is a thickening agent used in fast food milkshakes. Oh, okay, it'll be like corn flour. Um, so it's it's a it's a horrible chemical, I believe. Nasty. I mean, not a not not a horrible chemical. It's it's clearly um, it's clearly edible. But they did <laughs> the same thing with the newspaper in Dante's Peak, didn't they? They did. Yes, it's clearly the best way to make ash. Um. So yeah, it's a, it's a little thickening agent that you put in to make milkshakes milkshakey. Hmm. All um, right. Also added to hair shampoo to toothpastes and ice cream. So if you're ever wondering it's everywhere. when you're drinking a milkshake that it feels a bit like toothpaste or shampoo, then that's why. Next time you're down Shake Shack, just make sure you, it's not got any magma in it. Make sure you don't order the magma special. <laughs> exactly. But that shows that you could make a milkshake that looks like hot magma. I would actually drink um, that. Yeah, i drink a magma milkshake. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I've got from from trivia for this film. I just thought it was quite cool that it was made from a, a milkshake ingredient. All right, that's cool. So how are we how are we ranking this then? How many times has your daughter got in <clears throat> trouble, and then you have to save her from lava? Yeah, how many foolish things has she done because she's thirteen years old in LA? Um, let's see, a full twelve times, I'd say, out of a possible twenty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to meet you on 12 as well. That sounds about right. Um, yeah. I can't uh, remember off the top times. of my head. I think we scored Dante's Peak at a 14. So that that, that, that makes sounds, sense, that doesn't sounds, it? Yeah. 
yeah, this is this is not as good as Dante's Peak, but still an enjoyable, silly film. Yeah, and it's worth watching. If, you, if you're up for watching a disaster film, you could do a lot worse. Absolutely, yeah. Though, you know, there's some real stinkers of disaster movies, and this isn't one of those. It's a thoroughly enjoyable romp. Yeah. So, yeah. And like I said, you get to see a man literally burn up in lava. Yeah, which is always good. If you if you're gonna have a volcano film, then that has to happen. So it ticks the box for <laughs> yeah. volcano films for sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we've got um, sky fire next. That's what it's called, isn't it? Let the sky fire. That's the one. Yep. It's a 2019 Chinese disaster action film about a volcanic eruption at a resort. It stars, and yes. it's a Chinese cast apart from Jason Isaacs, who's just there. So that was what attracted me to it. I can't remember where I heard direct, about it. Directed by the director of Con Air and Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Oh, is that right? As well. Ah, yeah. okay. Oh, wow. Hang on. Prior to his film career, Simon West. West served as the director for music videos, including Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. What a connection. No way. That's amazing. That's incredible. I love that. Excellent. Well, let's n- let's so not good. go too deep on that before next week. But yeah, Skyfire looks great. <laughs> looks like an awesome volcano film, and I'm excited to see it. Let's do it. All right. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in. Hope you've enjoyed hearing about Volcano. Go and watch it if you haven't seen it. Hope you're enjoying Volcano Month and that you're feeling hot, hot, hot. Um, there's a link in our show notes <laughs> where you can give us money. So you can virtual tip jar. There's, you can find us on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod. You can email us BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week to talk about Skyfire. Alrighty, bye-bye. It's the Skyfire feeling hot, hot, hot. marriage is falling apart Our marriage is falling apart I hate you and you hate me So let's go and get a divorce <laughs>